This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Mike. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. This is a big episode for Equity Mates. Very big. Very excited. Um, Zip Pay, probably one of the hottest stocks in the Equity Mates community at the moment. A lot of chat about it, a few memes going around about it. Uh, since mainly created by you. You mainly created by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, since the depths of COVID, Zip is up over 500%. Uh, one of the buy now, pay later stocks for people who are unfamiliar. Um, and we've got the CEO. Unbelievable. Well, be- I believe it. Cause no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, believe it. We've been chasing Larry Diamond now uh, since uh, the summer series of 2020. Playing, I know, playing hard to playing get. Playing hard to get. <laughs> I know we promised him uh, in that series and we have delivered. Nothing if not persistent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got Larry, uh, who is the founder and global CEO of Zipco. Uh, we were lucky enough to spend some time with him sandwiched between board meetings in an office in his uh, Zip HQ. So, uh, yeah. Before we throw to that interview, two quick pieces of housekeeping. First one, tonight is our live show. Uh, While physical tickets have sold out, you can still watch the live stream. Free to watch the live stream. Uh, You can just jump on any of our social streams to find uh, the link to the Eventbrite, so uh, watch us tonight as we break down the alcohol industry. 7pm kickoff. 7pm kickoff. Second piece of housekeeping, uh, ASX Investor Day is coming up and we are the ASX's official digital media partner. But really, the Investor Day is a great opportunity to hear from some of the best investors from around Australia. They are holding Investor Days in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Um, and you can sign up and get tickets to go. Yes. Bryce, you have the details. <laughs> uh, that is right, Ren. Uh, you can sign up using our code just for you guys, which is ID50. ID50 is the code, and you'll get 50% off your tickets, which brings it down to $27.50. The event is going to be awesome. Uh, as Ren said, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. Uh, you're going to get access to some incredible speakers on the day, uh, there's going to be content for beginners, intermediate, and experts. It's going to be awesome. The good news is if you have missed our live show, we are going to be at the Sydney event all day running around uh, doing crazy things. Crazy things. Crazy things. <laughs> and uh, you can hang out with us on the day, which is going to be awesome. So get your tickets to the Sydney event if you are in Sydney. It's at the International Convention Centre. So Brisbane is the 8th of May. Melbourne is the 15th of May. Sydney is the 22nd of May. 
Um, it will be a good day. If you're in Sydney, come say hi to us. And wherever you are, if you want 50% off the tickets, use the code ID50. I think that's enough housekeeping. Yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes. And uh, Ren, it's time to crack into uh, our long-awaited interview with the co-founder. With the, sorry. Yeah, co-founder. Co-founder. Global CEO. Global CEO. And visionary behind <laughs> one of Australia's premier buy now, pay later companies, ZipPay. Here is Larry Diamond. So, Larry, thanks for joining us today. Um, we love starting these CEO series interviews off by hearing the CEO describing their companies in their own words. So, um, to kick us off today, um, how would you describe Zip? I, I normally like to start with the, the purpose and the mission. So, you know, thanks for having me on the show. It's good to be here. Um, so the zip purpose is the freedom to own it. Okay. And it talks to quite a few things. It talks to, we give customers the freedom to own the dress, own the moment, own their experience, own their financial well-being, And a lot of our products do that. We also give merchants the freedom to own it, get another customer, grow, um, particularly small business. We own the responsibilities that come with issuing microcredit in real time. And that goes again to the DNA of, of the, the product and the org. But the freedom to own it actually talks to the culture that we're kind of building here and how we've architected the org. And we can talk about that a bit later. So own it really kind of, you kind of see throughout our org. And our mission is to be the first payment choice everywhere and every day. So how do we get people using Zip, the digital wallet? We have started out in buy now, pay later, but we have ambitions to be really the wallet that you go to, whether you're consumer or small business for all your payments and globally. Mm. So um, we love hearing the, uh, the f- journey of a, a founder um, and particularly some of the tough moments because that's often where you, you learn some of the biggest lessons. Uh, what has it been like founding Zip and have there been any particularly rough moments that you've taken a, a massive lesson from? That is that is a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> question two. That's loaded. <laughs> Imagine what's coming. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty of moments. You know, we're we're sort of seven seven to eight years in. Yeah. So you can just imagine there have been many moments that, you know, in a parallel universe in a different galaxy, the car went left instead of right, and we wouldn't be here having this conversation. So, you know, we we started out very unorthodox in terms of fundraising and, and our listing as well is, is probably another another conversation. But the crunchiest moments I would say were uh, running the business on the smell of an oily rag where you couldn't pay salaries, but somehow convinced our core crew to work with either no salary or reduced salary for long time. Wow. Okay. And, um, and you need a lot of passion and determination to do that. So that those moments where we were out of cash happened multiple times. You, you couldn't see it, but it was happening behind the scenes. But you still try and pretend you are, you know, at the poker table. You might have two seven unsuited, but you still, you play, you play well. <laughs> and, and, and I think the other one is just um, in the earlier rounds, we needed a lot of debt capital for, if someone went into, into the bicycle shop and bought the bicycle, we had to give the merchant the money the next day. And we committed to that right from the very beginning that we would pay no later than the next day. And often weekends would come and we had, because it was a startup, we just didn't have it. So we used to have to call around and get the pickup truck and just try and find five grand, 10 grand, oh, whatever we could wow. to make it work. And, you know, um, but there've been uh, lots of moments along the way inside the company and, and, and external factors uh, that have, uh, which, which we can go into. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of love for buy now, pay later in the equity mates community. And, and I guess in the Australian retail landscape more generally. I want to use this interview to correct a misconception though. People often think Afterpay was first, but Zip was first. Founded, what, two years before Afterpay listed, two years before Afterpay as well? 
Does that annoy you that people think about Afterpay as the the first? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, we so we incorporated in June of 2013. Our first customer, Naomi, came through Chappelle Cycles. Uh, she bought the hipster bike, you know, it's for $600. Instead of putting it on your credit card and getting stung with 20% interest, she, she paid in six months interest-free. So we started out more disrupting the big end of town, right? And then we came into full sort of digital wallet. I think everyone puts people in this buy now, pay later box. But when you look under the hood, you know, a credit card is a form of buy now, pay later. This thing's been around since Jerry Harvey and, and their finance companies pioneered this. So I think the community likes putting people in boxes, but I think what you'll see is over time, all these companies are actually quite quite different. They'll end up in a very different place, even though they might be named the same thing. So um, in 2019, you guys announced a partnership with Amazon. Yeah. Um, a massive score for, for you guys, I guess. Um, what was the process in like, getting that deal done how did it all work so you know if i uh, if i tell you i i have to kill you oh, fair call. i'm willing to take that <laughs> yeah, yeah, i'm willing to take yeah, that yeah, yeah. great um, content <laughs> <laughs> so uh look that was um that was a great one for us and you know we one of our guys who wasn't even in the sales team brought that deal and closed that deal so wow. it just shows that can come from anyone who's got the passion the hunger the grit and the endurance and can actually show true partnership can really do a deal. And so he was in the sales team and he, and he, and he landed, he got us live. We were really excited. And it, look, it took a long, it's really relationship building, showing your cards, being really transparent. We didn't have all the answers, but we are, a lot of us are ex-business analysts. So we'll go into a sales process where, uh, and this started right from the beginning. When we were pitching Chappelle Cycles, we never had the product. Right, there was <laughs> nice. Right, you if if you wait to have the product, you never get there. Mm. So you have to always be ahead of the curve. And I think, but by showing a bit of track record, and then convincing people that you can do stuff. So we didn't have all the answers, but we loved that moment because it actually helped galvanize the whole company to level up to the next level. And so we threw, you know, sixty engineers in. We rebuilt core parts of our system. We taught ourselves delivery. And when you kind of look back, it was quite a pivotal moment for the company in our evolution to the next phase of product engineering and, and delivery. You know, that's, so it's really trying to instill confidence in the other side that you can get the job done, even if you just don't have any of the solutions right here today. <laughs> what are you pitching at the moment that you don't have? Uh, plenty, plenty. You just need you know, a prototype. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even if there's nothing, there's no database, there's, no, there's nothing behind there. It's just, it looks, you know, it's all believability. <laughs> So we, we've just lived through a pretty crazy year with COVID. Yeah. And I think for, you know, for Zip, it's been an unbelievable year. After the COVID dip, mm. your, your share price has been up about, what, 350%. Great year. You'd take that. <laughs> I'll take that. Good for the shareholders. Yeah. What's it been like from the inside, like navigating COVID, getting through that period, and then seeing the year that has unfolded since? I know it has been, because basically been almost 12 months since, since uh, the pandemic hit Australia. And, and the markets. I mean, we were, uh, I remember because we were actually over in Bali with a few friends and we're just watching the share price starting to go down, right? I think we're, we're at $3 and then it went to two. Uh, and this was really before the markets really shat themselves. Uh, and uh, we were, I was getting calls from the board, from investors, what's going on. And uh, we actually started dropping a little bit before the pan, the markets really seized up. So we, I was supposed to go on a, our 10-year wedding anniversary, which we had uh, marked way to go to the Maldives. We had that 
pinned away since the honeymoon. And uh, look, the pandemic was hitting. I had this back home, so we cancelled the trip. (laughs) (laughs) Came back home. Wife wasn't super happy about that. And uh, we actually went into a war room, right, you know, and, and the share price got down to, I think, low one dollars right and and at that point a lot of the assumptions that you hold true no longer hold true so this idea that we are you know a a growth company we 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 invest for growth the results come through share price responds and raise growth capital and underpinned by strong unit economics you know the ability to raise capital ability to go into new markets a lot of those things no longer held true because you couldn't rely on markets and so we actually it was day by day we ended up forming a view that we're very uncertain about the future not just consumption, you know, people using it, but also credit as well. And so we ended up letting go of about 20% of staff, doing it all via Zoom. Uh, and that was an experience in and of itself. Mm. And uh, I've had a lot of retrenchment lessons to make, to do the best that we could then as well. And then as we started to see the data come through, credit was actually looking pretty good. People were shopping online uh, and then the market started to correct. And so, you know, we really could be in a very different place today, you know, and, and the other big pivotal moment for us was we were so close to signing the US deal with, with QuadPay. We basically negotiated all the terms <laughs> then the pandemic hit yeah. and it was all based on share price and we collapsed. So we had to basically abort. And then as we started to see the market recover, I said to Tommy, who's our chief strategy, look, I think, think there's a window here that we can actually make this happen, but you've got four weeks to find a couple of hundred million bucks d- during that time. It pulled it off and the rest is history. Wow. But, you know, to, to be where we are today, contrasting there is, uh, you know, v- very privileged. And so we're kind of continuing to run. We've stepped on the gas and we're running mm. even faster. Well, speaking of stepping on the gas, uh, Quad Pay has mass is it's doing incredibly well yeah. in the the US. Um, the growth numbers that you recently reported were pretty incredible. The AFR asked the question: Will Zip be dual listed, or will it list in the US if your US business gets bigger? Since then, Afterpay are exploring a US listing. Um, we'd love to break some news here. So, um, <laughs> is that something that's on your on your radar? I'm afraid, uh, yeah. I've, I've already killed your partner. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, for us, uh, no news on that front. Um, you know, we're still very focused on you know, building a massive business over in the US. I think that's that that's really and look for us as well. We are looking at as our business becomes more global. How do we get? We have we've built up a fantastic retail base here. You know, we've got over. I think over 150,000 investors here in Australia, which is awesome. And that's why we like doing shows like this because you know we, we, we actually want to talk more and more to, to the retail side. On the Insto side, we obviously talk to them one-on-one, but we're trying to get more US uh, and European investors on, onto the register to help us on, on the next phase of journey. So there's a lot of conversations happening over there. And uh, this week, my body clock, I've, I've shifted a little bit earlier, so I've been getting up in the fours and, you know, it's, uh, it's really shaking things up so I can pretend I'm in America. <laughs> As CEO, how much of your time is spent on investor relations sort of stuff? These days it's probably um, more around critical moments, you know, quarterly results, uh, full year results or any M&A deals. Um, but, you know, Pete, one of the other co-founders, is also pretty good. So we've actually shared the responsibilities over the last few years. And so that's certainly helped. If I, can't, if I can't make a meeting, he can make a meeting. We both understand and can tell the story. He's probably lent in a lot harder the last six months. And, you know, even the, the $400 million raise we did last week, um, he pretty much did most of it. So yeah, we have right. to give him a pat on the back, finally. And uh, <laughs> But it's, it's a key part. It's, it's just, you know, just like sales. You've got to pitch merchants. You've got to pitch staff. You've got to pitch investors. And you've got to keep that, that story going. 
show them the future and and how you're going to get there. Well, I can say your team has done an incredibly good sales job in the Equity Mates community. Yep. Um, we do bold predictions at the start of every year, and the number one bold prediction with a bullet was um, that Zip will outperform all all of your competitors. So you got a lot of love there. We reached out to them and um, mm-hmm. asked what questions they had for you. Nice. The number one question that came back was around competition, and obviously there's a lot of buy now pay later players, but also. PayPal, ComBank, everyone's getting involved. Yeah. How do you think about competition in the space and how do you think you'll differentiate? Yeah, so a good question. I think if maybe we'll talk global and then we can talk local. So I think globally we have a really good differentiated proposition. Um, before we get into the product, I just think the culture here is totally different. To if you peel back the hoods of any of our peers, PayPal, I mean what engine are you going to see, right? <laughs> you know, um, the organization that we build here is smaller teams that own that own their destiny. They get rewarded in stock. They innovate. They move quickly and they feel like business owners. And you see that with the US guys and here. And so I think the passion, what you see under the hood is very different. So whether you lose this battle, you know, we're confident that we're going to win the war. So, but globally in terms of the product strategy, it is very, very differentiated. So number one is we, we, we offer interest-free installments for small dollar baskets and big dollar baskets. We, we've done that here very successfully as a big differentiator, but you'll see that happen in all other markets. Right now, we largely have a pain for in US, Canada, New Zealand, and, and the UK, but we'll, we'll be adding pain six, pain 12, pain. And so we, we know how to offer interest-free installments for any basket size, which is really important because some products you need to pay back over a longer time. You can't pay back in six weeks. The second key pillar is that we derive income both from merchant and customer and that we are reimagining credit. So the customer fees are fair, simple and easy to understand. So in Australia, for example, with ZipPay, we remove the concept of interest entirely and we just have simple fixed fees. It's easy to understand. And then what that does is two things. One is it makes the model much more bulletproof. You might have margin compression and things like that on another side. It also means you can play in many categories. Some categories raise a thin margins for retailers, you know? Um, and so we think that works really, really well. The third is that we run both an open loop and closed loop network. So, you know, we integrate into all these merchants online but we also issue a virtual card, which means that you can buy now, pay later everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so in America, the average customer is transacting 30 times a year. So you actually get a more engaged customer and then we go back. And I think fourth is, you know, our credit decisioning and global presence is now interesting for retailers. Integrate once, multiple markets. Mm-hmm. So I think those differentiating features, if you look at Australia, okay, PayPal, they don't really have an offline business, right? Um, I think there's many others that have come into the space who are probably a little bit late, you know, and so retailers, some retailers will have the NASCAR strip of payment options at checkout, <laughs> but in reality, yeah. that's not particularly helpful if you're coming in fifth, sixth and seventh, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you've got a huge, a, a, a huge base. So we, we actually love competition, right? We wouldn't be here today without the greatness of competition, some really formidable peers and also drives awareness. So sales cycles that took four years, some of the retailers, you know, I remember emails that I sent them, six years ago are coming on board now. Uh, <laughs> that sales cycle, right, is being shortened yeah, because yeah, the awareness yeah. and understanding. So I actually think that it, the whole um, tide lifts. Uh, another question from our community revolves around regulation because there's always that sort of concern about what will happen. And yeah. the question is around, you know, what regulations do you anticipate might be put in place um, and what impact that might kind of have on, um, on Zip? Yeah, it's a good question. So, 
I mean, if you remember when I spoke about the zip purpose, the freedom to own it, we own the responsibilities that come with issuing microcredit and playing in financial services in real time. And that's been at the heart of the business. So how we assess risk, how we ensure the right customers come onto the platform, and equally those that aren't ready or don't want it, we have other options for them, you know, Pocketbook, PFM, and other wallet services that we'll be adding. So our view as well is that we have a duty of responsibility, okay? And, and as fintech gets easier, um, you got you got to become better. You got to put more control into the hands of customer. Australia has been probably a good example of what could happen uh, across other markets, right? Where this starts to take off, and then customers want to use these alternative payment methods. They don't want to use the credit card. Um, it's better for them, and so all of a sudden the industry starts to appear, and then regulators start to understand. Well, first, the first part of, I think, the regulation is let's understand what this is. And we saw this a few years ago where ASIC spent some time understanding the industry, who are the players, how are they different, the models are different. And um, and what they validated was that, you know, four out of five millennials wanted to use these products and services in the subsequent 12 months. Why? Because it is better than the credit card. It pays back faster. It's interest-free. It encourages great behaviours. Even if you fall behind, the account automatically locks. So this idea that regulation meets innovation and vice versa is really important. And so if you look at, if you go for a mortgage or if you go for a car loan or if you go for a credit card or if you go for a buy now pay later, you should do different things depending on what you're going for. So I think this sort of fit for purpose is 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 really important. And you know, we, we've continued to push for minimum standards across the industry. We've got the, the lowest late fees and late repayment rates of all our peers here. And so for us, you know, we, we, we advocate it massively. We have a credit license for the bit for the longer dated product and and so we, we deeply understand it. So our view is a lot of the globe is going to come through this let's understand the sector and let's make sure that we put the right safeguards in place to make sure the right customers come onto the platform and equally those that shouldn't are catered for. Yeah. Before we move on, uh, we're just going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One aspect of, I guess, speaking to these CEOs that we really love is learning about your leadership philosophy and about the people and culture of the companies that you run. Because as retail investors, it's often hard to get that information yeah um so i would love to pick your brain a bit on that and to kick it off um do you have a leadership philosophy as ceo yeah i've worked in a lot of corporates so i really know how not to do it yeah (laughs) so when i started this it wasn't 
to suggest I knew how to do it, but I knew how not to do it. This idea that you've got to create an environment, a playground where people like coming to work, they can speak openly, you know, they might make a mistake, but that's okay. It's a learning environment and they feel at home. They can stretch themselves. They can really shoot for the stars. They're supported. And it's just the obvious stuff, right? If you want to hang out with friends and you want to learn and kind of grow. So, so for me, it was around creating a playground where you, where you could actually do that. And so if you look at Zip, it's very flat architecture. We speak openly. We have a concept called Zipback, fast, fair, transparent feedback. And again, as long as you are willing to listen, be self-aware, learn, and then you know uh, improve just a little bit. You know, if each one of us can improve just a little bit, the team improves just a little bit, company improves just a little bit. Those compounding effects become unstoppable. So uh, I wouldn't say there's a one philosophy, but we certainly it goes. We have some values that we've now instilled in the business, and we're at the stage now, which is quite interesting. When you're a small company, everyone knows the vibe. They know mm-hmm. the culture. That they get it because they see how we all behave, how we act, and what we do. But as it gets bigger. That becomes much harder, different markets as well. So we're actually going through a phase now where we're trying to codify who we are. You've got to call it out. And so therefore, if you're hiring people, you can check, do they have these ingredients? Because every company is going to be different. Zip's not for everyone, right? We've had people come and it hasn't been right, but we've got a lot of great people who are here. So you've got to make sure you can check who's coming in and make sure that we call we call each other out if we aren't embracing the sort of principles. And so... Um, as a leader, as a leader, you've got a leadership principles. One is um, you've got to be, you've got to understand people and be empathetic. Two is you can't be in that ivory tower. I need all these layers. You've got to know the detail. You've got to be in the weeds. You've got to play the long game and the short game, and you've got to grow your people and then own it. You've always got to be above the line. So we're starting to put these things in. Uh, but I think you know we've, we've we've done a good job. Long way to go. But I think for us, the the definition of success in three years and in five years uh, won't be. 50 or 100 million monthly active users in developed and developing markets, but it's an organization that can move at the speed of Zip, like a startup, but when you're a big global business. So you've got small teams optimizing for speed. They can make their own decisions, like get out, you know, management has to get out of the way that teams that know parts of the business need to make their own decisions. Yeah. They can innovate, they can experiment and, and run fast. Um, Equity Mates isn't quite as large as Zip, but um, we yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're um, looking at you know in the process of hiring, and you've spoken about you know many a few times passion and hunger within yeah. your staff, and at one point you're able to convince them to work without pay. How do you think about employing based on that passion and hunger versus actual skill set and the dynamic between yeah, the two? Yeah, it's a great one. The system is more important than the individual than any one individual. So we would always go for attitude over aptitude, if you can't look at it that way. But it's more about, have they got the demonstration? A lot of great businesses, I wasn't doing this seven years ago. Some of our best people in this company came through customer service, right? So they came in through customer service, they learned the business, they're on the phones and listening to customers, they're hungry, and then it's like a secret source. They know they're in product, they're in strategy, they're in sales, and they're just leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. So I think if you've got a willingness to work hard, a curiosity, push yourself, that is worth way more than a particular discipline or subject matter because mm. you can actually teach most things. Mm. So uh, that's why I think if you can actually call out what your culture is and the types of and you make sure that you kind of define that, build that diversity in, that's what's more exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I guess Bryce and I are co-founders of uh, Equity Mates. You have a co-founder, Peter Gray. Yep. Um, would love to know what the dynamic uh, is with Peter and like what it was like to sort of grow the business and how that relationship has to grow and change. We read that you refer to him as Dr. No, so we'd, <laughs> we'd love to know the origin of that nickname as well. <laughs> yes, Dr. No. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, we met probably in late 2012, uh, and did not know him at all. So it's not like we'd, we'd grown up together, we knew each other, we had friends and family. So he was pretty much, you know, met online, went for a coffee and uh, the rest is history. But, you know, we've got common values. I think that's the thing, even though, you know, diff- totally different ages, live in different communities, different parts of Sydney and back different sporting teams, <laughs> you know, uh, the values are actually quite similar uh, and around the type of business that we wanted to create with a common goal of, of um, you know, disrupting banking and, and, and financial services. So, so that's, that's actually the same, even though we're completely different styles of thinkers and decision makers. So I probably lent more around, um, yeah, I do, I mean, yeah, I started in sales. So, I, you know, I, I do say yes to everything and then we fix it and make it <laughs> later, later on. Uh, and he'll, he's more, yeah, okay, you know, compliance, legal, regulatory, commercial, and he's, he's run these businesses before as well. So it was a great marriage of the minds where I was pushing the best customer experience, really pushing the envelope. How do we deliver the best customer experience? You know, talk to our customers the right way, have great tech behind it. And he was on the other side, making sure that it was feasible and viable. And I was probably more on the desirable. And so when you kind of, the magic actually happens in the middle. And that's why complementary skills, actually the magic happens in the middle of that diversity of thought. And so that's really, I think, got us to where we are today. It's, it's, it's the balance. And so we do see how the jigsaw is really important in building great, great companies. So Larry, we'll close out today's convo with a few questions around the future of Zip. So what does the next sort of 12 months look like for you? Any product pipeline that you can tell us without killing mm-hmm. us? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your goal for the short term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, um, I, I want to see you guys in 12 months. Nice. <laughs> really the big focus is, you know, we raised $400 million last week, which is the biggest raise we've, we've ever done. A lot of runway there. Big focus is US. You know, becoming a real player over in the US and we've got great team there hiring very, very fast and the business is, is growing phenomenally. So we really have to become a serious player in, in, in the US. UK is, UK is going to and you're starting to see us place some bets in other markets, right? And so that's important because again, we, we have ambitions to really be that zip digital wallet globally. We've just got to sequence how we get there, right? In, in, in the right way. So in 12 months time, you know, you'd expect to see the US doing really, really well. UK, which we just launched recently, that, that we've arrived on on the scene. Uh, in terms of product strategy, though, in 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 Australia, if you look at what here, we're much more uh, horizontal in our strategy. We've got more things for consumers and more things for merchants. So that ecosystem play, we really want to nurture. Um, and on the consumer side, we've got you know between two to three million customers. How do we get more? Right. <laughs> In summary, we are giving any forecasts, right? We need more. And so we need to find a way to talk to more customers, make the wallet appealing to get them into the into there. And we've just kicked off Zip Business, which is really exciting. So Zip Business is small business. There's 3 million have been locked out of a lot of financial services. It's hard to get mm-hmm. credit. It's hard to deal with banks. And we've got a great team. We've actually carved out Zip Business as a separate tribe. So it's not going to be slowed down by the mothership. Mm-hmm. And that they're autonomous, they own it and, and they come back to us. And so they've just integrated with Facebook now so small businesses can um, pay for the ads. 
get some sales and then pay back later, we think there's a huge opportunity on the on the small business front. And you'll mm-hmm. see a lot more activity happening there. And if we get that right, we'd like to take that global too, yeah, right? right? So this is almost a, a place to play. And we've got other things that, um, you know, other features in, in the wallet that we're kind of trialing like subscriptions and, and yeah, it's going to be an exciting nice. 12 months. Exciting. Looking yeah. forward to it. So um, if you think about some of the risks of the business, uh, to the business, sorry, what would be the biggest risk um, for Zip at the moment? Look, I think uh, as cliched as it is, it's it's very much an internal it's an internal governance one, which is around okay, we are taking on more and more, we're increasing the surface area of the business, and it's making sure that we, as we invest and as we drive results, it's underpinned by good unit economics, and that we're investing that marginal dollar in the right place. Now, at the same time, you, we're scaling this business, so you know we we started out two years ago with an, an Aussie exec team. We then bought the US business and we got the US exec team. How do we make a global exec team? Um, how do we build the connectivity and really get the synergies from a global company? How do we make us feel like one so that we do have the benefits of global but running as fast, um, small? So that for me, getting that internal rhythm, and I went to earlier is how do we maintain that startup hunger and velocity at scale with great foundations, with security, reliability. And so that's, you know, a lot of that stuff's happening at the moment so that we can flourish everywhere. Mm. So Ari, to close out, um, we've asked you about the short term, but um, the next 10 years, what does success look like for you? 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years, well, hopefully I haven't got a full head of gray hair. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know they've they've invented some uh, you know <laughs> some some anti-aging techniques. <laughs> Zip is uh, zips in your pocket, and you know there's hundreds of. If we're going ten years out, we've got hundreds of millions of customers that that go to Zip for their wallet. We've made a huge difference to the developed and growth markets, which in ten years' time will become formidable parts of the universe, mm-hmm. and we've. We've built intense customer love, uh, you know. So, you know, for us, it's not about vanity metrics; it's around engagement metrics. We really want to be making a difference to people through payments. So, they use us every day. That gives us a reason to be their best friend, and then we help them make sense of this crazy world. They've probably got coins and crypto in their wallet. You know, they've got shares. They've they've they're helping drive economic growth themselves through these amazing tools in the. In, in the wallet and hopefully it's just all just works it's just you don't have to do anything <laughs> fingers crossed yeah. and ma- you know maybe zips on Mars you know if, if, if Elon's <laughs> yeah, there Elon. with Dogecoin or Elon we'll if you're listening buy now pay later well, you've, you've integrated with Amazon you've integrated with Facebook you just got to integrate with Tesla and totally right <laughs> I, I bought a Tesla so I had a crack at, at, at convincing him so we're still working yeah, at yeah. it playing the long game yeah exactly <laughs> well Larry it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with today thank you for uh, slotting us in in between board meetings and who knows what else is yeah. going on. But uh, we do appreciate the time and we know our audience would have got a lot of value out of that and getting a sort of uh, a look under the hood at, w- mm-hmm. at what's going on and the way you're thinking about Zip has been great. So thank you very much. Awesome. Well, th- thanks for having me and we'll do it again. So we'll, we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Larry. Right, so yeah. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. 
do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 